Crawford's just better now. That's all you can say. Run, Lindsey! Lindsey Scott! Lindsey Scott! Lindsey Scott! Welcome to the Blog the Dogs podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley here as always with my co-host, Boss Dog, Boss Parker to people. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have a new interview guest for you. Today we have NFL Network studio host Taylor Bashotti. Taylor's great. I loved hearing her story. There were some parts of it that I, I did not know about, like kind of what what her plans were before she went to Georgia. She, she'll tell you guys that she started out at Alabama, which I not didn't know that. I thought, found that was super interesting. Also, just love uh, hearing the genesis of her career in journalism and getting into broadcasting. So uh, really, really excited for you guys to hear it and really appreciative that Taylor came on and spent some time with us. You guys can follow her on Twitter at Taylor Bashotti. That's uh, Bashotti spelled B-I-S-C-I-O-T-T-I. So at Taylor Bashotti on Twitter and uh, same handle on Instagram. So uh, at Taylor Bashotti on Twitter and on Instagram. So please go follow her and support her. Uh, and without further ado, here is our interview with NFL Network studio host and Georgia alum, Taylor Bashotti. We are excited to be joined by Taylor Bashotti today. Taylor is a graduate of the University of Georgia, class of 2015. She has two degrees, one in journalism uh, and one in accounting. So she has a degree from Grady and a degree from the Terry College. Uh, after she got done with school, she did freelance work for Bleacher Report and the Sporting News, as well as SEC Network, before becoming the youngest on-air talent ever hired at the NFL Network, where she is currently doing her thing and representing UJ in all the best ways possible. Taylor, welcome to the program. We're pumped to have you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love talking to fellow Georgia grads. Yeah. I'm a little biased, but of course they're the best people. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are the best. We love dogs and love celebrating dogs. So let's start with, you grew up in Atlanta. Can you just I tell did. us a little bit about your time growing up in Atlanta, you know, your family dynamic and how football fit into that as a kid? Yeah, definitely. So I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to love it. Obviously, if you're from the South, you kind of eat, breathe, and sleep everything SEC football. So SEC football was always what we did on Saturdays. You know, you don't really think of anything else except college football. So that's where I really started becoming a diehard SEC football fan. And then my family is very involved in the NFL. And so Sundays were always NFL NFL football. So I honestly, as a child, I was probably, when it came to being around my friends and stuff, obviously I would gravitate towards SEC football talk but in general I was a bigger NFL fan just because of how much my family loved the NFL and I was also the only girl on my dad's side of the family so I've got a brother and then three other older boy cousins so it ended up becoming kind of like this universal language that if I wanted to hang out with them and be cool like one of the boys I had to I had to learn football I had to learn NFL football and get involved if I ever like wanted to put my little two cents into a conversation or put my, I mean, honestly just join the conversation. And so, yeah, I definitely grew up a diehard sports fan. Yeah, so that's really interesting. My sister is the youngest there. I have older brothers and there's me and then my sister. So she's kind of the same, right? Like sports, sports is that gateway language to kind of to kind of get in and, and get rolling. So that's so interesting to hear that. So now you went to Love It. Now tell us about your time at Love It. Did, when you were there, were you were you always knowing you wanted to go to UGA or were you looking at multiple places? Tell us about kind of your your path to college. So 
shockingly enough, I wanted to go. My number one school was PC, Boston College. Okay, yep. I spent the summers. My mom has an identical twin sister. I know that you just, you just had some twins yourself. Yeah. But uh, my mom's identical twin sister, so I would go and spend the summer there with uh, her and her family in Rye Beach, New Hampshire. And so very close to Boston, an hour outside of Boston. And I just, for some reason fell in love with almost the idea of going to BC and being up north. I think that I'm sure a small part of me felt like if I went there, I would still be on my summer vacation. I have no idea. <laughs> but, so I applied to BC and Alabama and Georgia, and I got waitlisted at BC. And so I ended up just accepting at Alabama. And so I went to Alabama my first year, my freshman year. And I loved Alabama, especially during the fall. I mean, I think it was such a unique experience, especially growing up such a diehard football fan. It was such a unique experience to be able to go and experience Alabama football. As much as I say there's nothing like Georgia football, there truly is nothing like Alabama football. I mean, yeah. that school is centered around football. Like the, the town shuts down on Saturdays. It's such it's, – it's hard to even describe it to anybody that doesn't go there because it's the only thing that people talk about during the week is – it is Alabama football. It's the only thing that people talk about once the weekend is over. It's crazy. And so I loved my fall semester there. And then spring semester, I just kind of realized I was a little homesick. A lot of my friends went to Georgia. And so I made the switch my sophomore year. And I'm very happy. I, I'm very happy I had my experience at Alabama. But, of course, I feel like I made the right decision going to Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. You sure did. <laughs> That's kind of why I um, – I, Originally entered college with two majors, which was journalism and business. Because I love, I love both sides of it. And when I transferred to Georgia, as you know, Brady and Terry College of Business are a little territorial when it comes to like hours and fitting schedules into like one another and kind of working with each other. And so I kind of had to make that tough decision. And I ended up just going with Terry at first. And so that's why I graduated at first with a business degree. And I was sitting in my final year of about to graduate in April with an accounting degree. And I'm sitting there in class as the, like the big four are coming to talk to you and try and recruit you to come join their accounting firm. And it's in April, keep in mind. And I'm sitting there listening to them and I'm thinking, why on earth am I, am I graduating with this degree? <laughs> I don't even want to do this. And so during that class, as they're sitting there trying to recruit us, I sat there and sent an email to every single internship out there. I mean, I probably had sent a hundred emails just to every application, even if they were closed. And the CBS affiliate in DC had had somebody drop out of their internship that summer with hard news. So I would be covering hard news for the 11 p.m. newscast. So obviously we wouldn't get done until around midnight. So when I got that, my parents were like, oh, wonderful. This is great. She's never going to want to do this. She <laughs> out of her system, then come back to business. Long story short, I did not. I ended up falling in love with it even more, even though it was hard news, because I was able to go and venture up to the sports department in the morning and go sneak out on stories with them and then come back for the morning, in quotation marks, meeting at 3.30 p.m. for hard news. So were, so you were at Channel 9 in D.C., is that right? Yeah. So what year was that? That was 2014. So I would have technically graduated and just been like on my way to continue my master of accounting. But I went back to Georgia after that internship and did digital. Obviously went back to Brady and uh, got my degree in digital and broadcast journalism. 
So when I got done with law school, I did a graduate assistantship in the public relations department with the Redskins. So was, had Sarah Walsh already gone to Bristol or was she still at WSA then? She had literally just gone to Bristol. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Cause I would say she was, she was with channel nine when I was with the skins and, um, she was always great. Um, I always thought she did really good work and was really, from, you know, from a PR department perspective, you see the other side of it, right? And so right. And she was just, I always thought, really kind, really easy to work with. So um, that's, that's so we interesting. And not, not while she was there, but now that I've been at NFL Network, we were actually, um, she, Carissa Thompson, and Cynthia Freeland and I all four roomed together one Super Bowl in Minnesota. Oh, that's awesome. That was that was a lot of estrogen in one room. <laughs> a lot of hair dryers, a lot of straightening, you know, curling irons, a lot of straightening irons. It was, it was all four in a tiny room. There was not much walking space, oh, that's, but she's wonderful. That's so funny. So where did, did you live in the district or where did you live? I lived in Georgetown. So some of my friends who did graduate Georgia that year uh, were actually all moving out there and moving into a place together, except the fourth roommate of theirs was grad or was coming from North Carolina. Her job didn't start until August. And so it was great. I was able to just kind of move into her room and kind of jump on board and pay her rent while I was interning there because my internship started beginning of May. Oh, that's perfect. So you got to be there yeah, for, I, I've told people this, but 4th of July in DC is phenomenal. Like it was, so I actually worked it, covered it because, you know, I was doing the 11 o'clock newscast. Yeah. People are always like, oh, what a bummer. No, it was one of the coolest experiences. We were out there watching the fireworks, like just come, it was still to this day, one of the neatest experiences I've done. Yeah, that's so cool. So when we lived in DC, my like good buddy, my teammate from college had play or uh, had a place over in Alexandria and they just happened to have a roof deck. So we spent the fourth there, my, um, fiance at the time now wife we spent the fourth over there with them one night and from the roof deck it was like a 360 degree view every city and town surrounding the district was all having fireworks i mean it was like the sky was literally on fire it was awesome that is so cool yeah it was incredible that's neat so i read a story about your time there that on your final story (laughs) you were like doing a story on an app that predicted crime in neighborhoods in dc and you guys like became a victim in the in the story did this like tell us about that Yeah. And we're going and interviewing some people and this guy comes up to us on a bike while we're in the sketchy neighborhood and he like won't look at us and make eye contact. He said, by the way, is that your van down there? And we're like, yeah. He's like, don't look at me. It's like, I don't want people to know that I'm talking to you, but your guys are getting broken into. So we go running back to the van. We're, we're no more than two minutes away, like walking, running and everything inside the van was gone. Within two minutes, they took a crowbar, opened up the news van and the photographer that I was with, that I had gone out with most days, was his name was Hatch, and he had tons and tons of all of his like memory and SD cards and all from just years of doing this. Oh no! And the reporter was holding, and he was like, "We're gonna go chase after them." Well, we didn't know where to go. The police said that it was way too dangerous, and they wouldn't help us unless they had tons of backup, which they had no idea when that would ever be. Could be a week. And Hatch was like, well, we're going to go and find them. Well, my phone was in my purse that they had stolen. And so I said, does anybody have an iPhone? 
like, let me just bring my iPhone. So we tracked it down to quite an interesting part of town. <laughs> it was very scary. We saw some very interesting things that night. Hatch actually jumped into the dumpster thinking that my phone was in there, but he found a ton of his memory cards, a ton of equipment uh, that they had just thrown out the window. And then my phone was on the other side of the dumpster. So we found that. And then we had a pretty good inclination for where the rest of it was, but we were not able to go inside the house to obviously check on it. But the police ended up coming back with some of the gear. So a lot of it was found in the dumpster that night, and then some of it was obviously never recovered. But that was quite an interesting last night of my internship. We got back to the news station because we usually left out to go out on stories around 4 o'clock, and then we'd go live at 11. We got back to the news station at like 10, 15, 10, 45, something around there, and they were like, great, you guys are going to go live at 11. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were actually out of the country, and my family lives in, some of my family lives in Alexandria, my dad's sister. And he said that they woke up to a text saying, I think I just saw Taylor on the news. She was robbed. <laughs> oh, there are so many great layers to that story. Like, So like Hatch has been in the garbage dump and then y'all have to come straight back and just bam, go to work right on TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. They're like, well, do you guys have another story? We're like, no, we were literally at our second location where we got robbed. <laughs> Oh, that is fantastic. So, I mean, obviously you had the itch since then. Like what, what a way to, what a way to go out. So go out. after that, after that, there's no way you could do accounting for the rest of your life. Exactly. Oh, that's hysterical. So then did I read that you kind of talked to your parents about it and they're like, um, well, or, or so that a, a position came open at channel nine, right? Yeah. So they had like some different like digital positions or producer like digital producer and there was there was a few things that kind of were open at that time and then going to be coming open and my parents were very adamant on me going back to Georgia if I wanted to do this they're like this is something that you should finish your get your degree in you know do it the right way and I had mixed feelings because I absolutely loved my time in DC like I was I think I I drove home because I had my car out there and I think I cried the entire entire way back to Atlanta <laughs> but ultimately I'm so glad that I I did that because my time at Grady in Grady and you know through that program uh what was it called new source yeah yeah it's just like it's irreplaceable and I I put in as many possible hours as Georgia would let me in that that first semester so my second semester all I had was new source left so I was able to focus all my time on that and really like I felt like I honed my craft there definitely the biggest learning curve that I had because, you know, it forces you to go live every day. You don't really learn this business until you actually do it. And so news source was great. I was able to start um, working for ESPNU. They don't do it anymore, but it was such a great program where ESPN would like send you equipment and they would let you be a one man band and go out there and cover any stories that you could get on campus. And if they liked them, they would put them on their YouTube page. Oh, that's so that was cool. kind of how I even started developing that relationship with SEC network was through ESPNU. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know they did that. That's really cool. So they like they it was would really cool. So they would send you their gear and you just had free reign to say, Hey, I think this is an interesting like human interest piece on one of our players or, or, or something going on on campus. Yeah, you, you didn't even really have that much communication with them when you were pitching. You just kinda of went out and did it and then sent it to the final product to them. Oh, that's um, cool. So during George's G Day I did that. Uh during signing day, I actually just went and shadowed um uh whoever they had their reporting. So like they couple of different people throughout the day and I would just go be the runner. And so that was really how I started like developing that relationship with them, which was great. 
So can you speak to that for like, if we have younger listeners that are listening to this episode, because we had Olivia Harlan Decker on in an earlier episode and she spoke about the value of Grady was just getting reps, right? Like just doing the work, like what the classroom, you have to do it and everybody knows you have to do that, but where you learn and where you kind of set yourself up to make yourself valuable from a career perspective is by doing the work, by editing, by doing all these different things where you know each piece of the puzzle. Was that the story for you as well? hundred percent. And like it taught you that, you know, if you have a deadline that you, you've got to put something out there, you've got to be ready to at least go live for this. It taught you that you could be working on a story all day long, but say if there was a, for example, one day there was a fire at the Wendy's last minute, your story is going to get blown up and you've got to go drive over to that Wendy's and go live because that's what people want to know about. And so it really teaches you to, move wherever the story takes you to to go live to make those mistakes there to learn to grow to actually go out and do it and then of course the year that i was there we were one man bands like if i was reporting i would shoot right edit set up a tripod and when i first graduated uh like journalism school when i was looking for sporting news and later i was doing all one man band pieces so that really I would never have been prepared for those first jobs that I had had I not gone through Brady and not set up the tripod and not put the camera on there and messed up on audio 50 times because then I wasn't going to make those mistakes in the real world. Yeah. So that's, that's what I was going to ask is, so after you got done at UGA, you were doing freelance work and that, that, experience at Grady became invaluable because you had this toolbox that you were kind of ready to to mobilize and work with, right? A hundred percent. Like, I don't think I would have ever been able to do the sporting news pieces or, cause I mean, you know, you're not making much at all. I think I broke even honestly some of the times, but it was just more about kind of getting experience and, you know, taking those jobs. But yeah, I would never have been able to do it without having gone through Grady. And it just teaches you so much about, the business you can sit there and study in a textbook all day but like i said until you do it and until they make you go through those experiences and until they really teach you what it's like in the real world i just don't think that anybody would have been ready without them they teach you you how to report anchor you know report like edit produce they teach you like you said all sides of the camera so tell me a little bit about, I guess, your you, the years that you were there while you were in Terry. I mean, so you weren't you weren't fully ingrained in Grady at that point. You weren't kind of like the the working journalist throughout that entire time. So did you get kind of a full college experience where you got to go to the football games and tailgate and do Greek life and all those type things? Or, or I did. oh, cool. I definitely so talk about that a little bit. What that experience was like. It's hard to. It's hard to explain it to somebody that has not gone to an SEC school, especially living out here in California. They're like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to go to – I'll never forget the first USC game I went to. Like, yeah, we're going to go tailgate. I'm thinking, this is their tailgate? (laughs) You know what? This is going to sound terrible, but, like, even when I went to Boston College and visited uh, my cousin who was there freshman year, I went for Halloween uh, my freshman year just to go visit her and see if I loved it. And I did love it. It was great. But when she said that we were going to go to the football game and go tailgate – I couldn't get over the difference between an SEC tailgate and honestly any other school's tailgate. It's just, it's a different kind of experience. I would say it's much closer to an NFL game, but even bigger than an NFL game. Um, It's 
the whole city, the whole town comes around to like be there for this. It's what they talk about all week. It's what they eat, breathe, and sleep. Whereas in like when I went to BC, like only a quarter of the stadium was filled. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I was like, wait, where is everyone? Yeah. What happened? Was there? Did we did we miss the memo on something? So it's just it's such a unique experience going to Georgia or Alabama or honestly any SEC school. The rivalry, the respect, the it's it's a way of life. Yeah, it's it's a whole different animal. It's it's so funny. Like we're looking to go to BC. So my wife and I both did grad school in Boston. So we lived in, we lived in the North End. It was my first experience in the Northeast and. Well, first off, I never thought like I had an accent before I went there and everyone like thought I was like the biggest hick on the planet, which I, I just found really funny. And then the other interesting part, like to your point was football wise, it's just, it's not like it is here. Like, it's just not. I mean, and um, I remember my, my brother is a, like a really big Florida State fan. So he came up for the game they played BC and Matt, Matt Ryan was there. BC was number two in the country and there was a nor'easter in Boston. So like this just terrible, like gale force winds. I remember we went and bought all this like rain gear, like the vortex stuff, like, and go to the game, Florida state wins. And we go to the bars afterwards. And like, you wouldn't have thought that BC lost. Like it just wasn't, I don't know. It was just a whole different experience than I was used to. It's a whole different experience. And it's not like people, Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely right. So you get done at Grady and you're doing freelance work for Sporting News and Bleacher Report and SEC Network as well, right? Yes. And so how long are you doing that before you get the call from NFL Network? Almost a year. Okay. So you're almost like a, a month, like 11 months. So you're doing freelance pieces. A and you get a, a yeah. and you get a call from NFL Network. Walk us through what that call's like and what the emotions of that were. It was actually the day after the it was the day after the draft of night one of the draft. Okay. And I I had just been in LA actually coming out on other interviews with other networks and I had never I didn't go into NFL Network and interview with them at all. And so I was kind of expecting it to be like a call from Fox because that's who I had spoken to the most, Fox like Sports San Diego, and it was NFL Network, and they said that they had a news update desk like position open, and that they would need me there within the next couple weeks. And so I think I had one more story for Sporting News. It might have been Alabama's A Day. Yeah, I think it was Alabama's A Day. That was my last story that I had like signed on for for them and so I finished that and then I moved out to LA within like two weeks I signed a lease without even seeing the place moved out to LA landed at the crack of dawn in the morning and then went straight into like my first day at NFL Network it, it honestly it was a whirlwind in terms of everything that was happening but like getting my car out here getting myself out here um but it was definitely like I, I felt so lucky I still feel so lucky it's, it's a, a dream come true. And of course, you know, you go through those phases where you're like, at first you're very nervous and you're like, I wonder if, um, I wonder if I'm qualified enough. You know, like I, I hope that I, you know, you're so nervous you don't want to mess up. And then you kind of get to the point where you're used to it and then you want to grow at a quicker, quicker speed as we all do in life, you know, patience. It's not one of my strong suits. <laughs> so 
it's just kind of been like that, like that balance between. So I'm so grateful and so appreciative for like where I am and where I'm living and working in such an amazing place and a great network. I have amazing colleagues from like producers, other on-air talent. But of course, as with anything, you always want to continue to grow. So it's kind of like that delicate balance between wanting to go too fast and just being happy with where you are. Yeah. So you, your first piece with them or your first on-air, I guess, desk job was what? July, 2017. Is that right? Yeah. So 26, no, no, 2016. 2016. Okay. So you're coming up on, what is this almost four years now this summer? Yeah. Oh, wow. Four years. Oh, that's awesome. So what have been some of your highlights in your time there? And what have been some of the things you've learned the most while you've been at NFL Network? I would say my highlights were, have definitely been the Super Bowls. Those were so cool. I guess two years ago, it was in Atlanta. And so that was really neat for me being back in my hometown. Covering the Super Bowl, it, I remember getting on the flight from L.A. to Atlanta just thinking, this is so cool. Like, what a dream come true. And then, of course, when I got there, I don't think I saw any of my friends from home because we were <laughs> on, hit, like, hit the ground running since day one. And that year, I had actually, it was a concept that I had come up with in the summer with uh, one of my producers, and that was to start doing takeovers on Instagram and just doing like pieces throughout the week of everything that you need to know and top five moments after a game. And so it was something that we had pitched to Bose and we actually sold the package to them. And so that was a really neat Super Bowl for me just all around because we kind of pitched exactly like what we wanted to do there and then sold it and then were there doing it. And so it was really cool to just be in Atlanta and then also be covering and reporting on something that we had kind of built from the ground up. That's cool. So yeah, that Super Bowl in Atlanta, well, first off, that was at the Benz, right? Yeah. Oh, how, how great is that place, huh? It's so cool. It's, it's so different from where it used to be in the surrounding parts of it. So it just feels like an entirely different area. Yeah, we, we my brother and I went down for the SEC title game in uh, December 2018 and it was the first time we'd seen the Benz, first time we'd been inside, and it was the first time we had consumed like College Football Hall of Fame, that whole deal. It was great. I mean, the last time we had yeah, been to Atlanta so for, cool. for a game had been – Georgia had played, I think, Boise State. was the last time we had been back. So it was still in the Dome. And um, it was just a whole different experience in a good way, though. Like really cool and really well done. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about it too from a family perspective. If you want to take your family to a ball game there, like – Super affordable. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was really great. Well, that's a neat memory. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Atlanta because I know that's where your family's from, and I know you talked earlier about you know being surrounded by boys, and that's kind of what drove the interest in football. But um, you know, you're obviously a successful young woman, and I want to talk to you about the female influences in your life. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with your mama and your grandmother. Yeah, my mom and I are super close ever since I was really little. Um, I think that I remember her always telling me, like, people don't think it's like, it's, I should be more of like a mom and a disciplinarian, but my mom was truly like my best friend growing up. We were very, very close. She, you know, helped me with my homework. She was always there for me if I was having, you know, girls can, shockingly enough, girls can be really mean in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I had, you know, bad days at school and just 
needed somebody to talk to. She was always there and she was never very judgmental. She was very understanding. So we were best friends growing up. I guess that's probably been the hardest thing about being in LA is being away from her. Um, and then my grandmother on my dad's side and I are extremely close as well. And she is like wonder woman of the family. She raised my dad and his brother and his sister by herself because uh, her husband, my grandfather, died of leukemia when my dad was 13, and my dad was the oldest in the family. Oh, wow. So she has somehow raised that those those like little scoundrels, <laughs> great people. Um, so she was somebody that just kind of instilled that like work ethic, I think, in all of us that anything is possible, and that you know just because you're a female, nothing should hold you back from like what you want to do and who you want to be and to be independent. Um, I'm still in awe of how, how graceful she handles situations, how she's just so even keel and level headed and balanced and still even in her old age, I think she's going to outlive all of us. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I, I was, I had read a story um, with you talking about your grandmother. It just kind of hit me in a good spot because I was very close with, with both of my grandmothers and they were both, forces of nature in their own way, even though with different personalities, one was very like quiet and genteel and the other one was, you know, just a hurricane. And so they were, they were just the best. So I was so interested to hear that. And that's such a beautiful story. Um, all right. Last question I want to ask you is kind of speak on the influence that your time in Athens, the university of Georgia and Grady have had on your ascent since you left. I think that it has everything to do with my ascent. I don't think that I would be where I am. Like, as cliche as it sounds, I don't think I would be where I am today without Grady because they taught you valuable lessons from how to treat people that you work with, how to understand what goes into putting a piece on the air, putting a piece together. You understand that everybody's got, you know, a different role and a different part, and you learn to respect, you know, every little piece of the equation. It taught you how to get a story out there. It taught you how to deal with deadlines. It taught you how to deal with stress. It really prepared you to become an adult and prepared you to go out into the workforce day one of graduation. Well, I think, you know, all folks connected with UGA and, and all folks connected with Grady would, would say that you're doing them proud and doing a great job. So we're certainly excited to keep following your journey and, and watch all the success that you're destined to have. So uh, I want to close with you today with the Smart 16. It's just 16 quick questions uh, in honor of Coach Smart and the number that he wore while he was at UGA. So, Rick, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question. What's your middle name? Oh, cool. And what? who is your favorite bulldog of all time? That's tough, but I'm going to have to go with somebody who was there while I was there. And then also I was lucky enough to cover him while he was with the Rams. And that would be Todd Hurley. All right. He, he has been an answer of four. That's cool. Todd must be a good guy because we've heard good things about he him. He's so, a great guy. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right. What is your favorite game that you attended or were a part of in your time as a Georgia uh, alum, Georgia, time at Georgia, any of that? Okay, this is so easy because this was a game that brought my friends out to all out to LA to come visit me, and that was our Rose Bowl game. Oh, I'm so happy you said that. It, and not only that, like my family came out for it, and it was 
the coolest experience of my life. I went on air the next day at NFL Network, and I know I'm not answering these questions quickly, but I went on air the next day, and it was painful for not only myself, but for every listener, because I had no voice out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm Taylor Bishotti, and everybody in the office knew why, as to what. So I just got all these, like, like scolding, like, little looks, and I'm thinking, you know what? This is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I don't regret it. <laughs> no, and you shouldn't. So I was going to say, I'm so glad you answered that because it, it is a Blog the Dog's favorite for sure. Uh, my brother and I were there. We were in the corner of the end zone where Sony scored the winning touchdown. And um, it was – I mean, I don't know. I mean, how cool was it? Like, first off, the whole stadium was like red and black, which was incredible. And it was magnificent. It was the longest game in Rose Bowl history. Yeah, so that's a, I'm glad you brought that up too because I looked at my brother when it was over, and after the jubilation, I was like, "I need an IV. I am exhausted." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had no voice. Yeah, it was it, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was cool. We and also it, it made me respect Baker Mayfield a lot just seeing how he handled himself under all that pressure as well. So just giving credit to the other side, it kind of like made me have this deep appreciation for him. So I, I just thought both both teams played amazing and it was especially cool to obviously be a, be a bulldog. My uh, roommate now, she's one of my best friends and she went to LSU, but she came to the game too. And she was like, I, I'm officially adopting Georgia as my second favorite team. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It was, it was so cool. Yeah. We just had the best time. Plus to your point about Baker, as good as that Georgia defense was for him to do what he did that night. I mean, oh man, my gosh. It, it was impressive. Just the way that he he really like dissected our defense that was so stout. That, you know, at the time we're thinking, where, where are they? When are they going to show up? Yeah, they did. But they sure did for being able to do it. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that, that's that's a good one. I, I love that answer. All right, what is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? This is just because maybe I love going to the game because it's you know the biggest cocktail party, but I would say Georgia, Florida. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. I, lo- I love the cocktail party. All right. Yeah. What is your favorite away stadium in the Southeastern Conference? I mean, I can't like LSU, but I went to the game two years ago, and that was just an awful outcome. So I can't say them. I would have to say Alabama, just because of the history around it. Yeah, so the dogs are going back to, to Bryant-Denny for the first time since 07 this fall. Um, hopefully hopefully that all stays on course and, and they get to go back because I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that one again. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. I, I've heard that one's awesome. And, uh, it's yeah. Really cool. Just the history surrounding it and just the little nuances of the, of the stadium and everything leading up into it. It's really cool. So what they got the little, they got the little like, greasy spoon right there, like the Rammer Jammer, isn't it? Like right there by the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, when we go, I'm going to go there for sure. Like, I love stuff like that. That's another thing I love about like Southern College towns. Is there's always like one fantastic greasy spoon that you just can't miss. You, and, you have to go. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there for sure. All right, what is the loudest home game you ever attended at UGA? That's a tough one. I don't know. They're all pretty loud now. Maybe South Carolina? Maybe Georgia, South Carolina? Yeah, that's a good one. I feel like that's kind of an underrated rivalry that Georgia has too. It like, is. I feel like, like I mean, I just remember that one being so intense. Yeah, and maybe maybe the reason why I think that it was that loud is because I was people I was around people that ended up starting to like fight with one another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would influence it for sure. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a typical SEC football game. Yeah. All right, you get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia Theater. Who do you choose? Aria. Oh, yeah, I like that. 
stay stay where they were stay where they came from i like that yep. all right speaking of the cocktail party you are taking in the world's largest out cocktail party as a spectator what is the cocktail you're mixing All right. I like that. Okay. You're back in Athens for one meal. What's your favorite place to eat in Athens? I mean, do I get breakfast, lunch, and dinner? <laughs> yeah. I would go with Mama's Boy. I have to go to Mama's Boy. I love their biscuits and their little like slider cheeseburger biscuits. I don't know what they are, but they're crack. Yeah. Ma- Mama's Boy has been a big favorite as well on these. So they're, uh, that, that's a good one. And Jamie Deed said that uh, you get a biscuit from Mama's Boy. He'll stay with you all day. It really will. Um, somehow you still want more like an hour later. Yeah. All right. Did Have you ever had any game day superstitions as a fan of the dogs? Like certain outfits you got to wear, certain drink you got to have, anything like that? No. I feel like we always, like especially as girls, like, you know, girls going to like SEC football games, you kind of dress up. Like you wear like nice clothes and dresses sometimes and like really cute outfits. And so you never really got to like wear a jersey every single game. So there was never any superstitious, superstitious like elements of it, of my like dress code for those games. All right. What is your favorite Sanford stadium pregame tradition, whether it's a dog walk or lone trumpeter or Larry Munson coming across the, the airwaves with the battle ham of the bulldog nation or you know, any of those. Dog walk. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Black jerseys. Yes or no. Yes. Right. I like them. Yeah, we, we do too. I think they're sharp. I think at least once a year. I think they're a little intimidating. So I really like them. Yeah. I'm here for that. All right. I, I probably know the answer to this because it's been pretty uniform with folks, but loss, you're still not over. I mean, there's so many of them, actually. <laughs> Alabama, obviously the big one. Yeah. Probably that one. That one definitely hurt the most. All right. What's your order at the varsity? Burger, fries, orange freeze drink. Yes. I'm, I'm here for that. All right, there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs, yes or no? Yes. All right, and last question, college football playoff, expand to eight teams or find how it is? I think you expand it. I yeah. definitely think you expand it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of folks have, have thought the same, like at least to eight. It just um, doesn't make sense, yeah. like the way that it's set up right now. It literally doesn't, it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense, you know? Well, yeah. Five, it's five, not indicative of who are the best teams that are going, getting into the playoffs a lot of times. Well, plus, I feel like five power conferences and only four bids, like there, there was going to be conflict with that. I, I can't believe they didn't, like, foresee that to start, but I think this was just, like, the bridge to get out of the BCS to, like, get to the expansion point. But, yeah, I, I agree. Plus, Georgia's been fifth the last it's, two years, so I'm a little bit salty about that. Exactly. <laughs> and, and we're in the SEC, which is, by far the hardest conference. I yeah. know the people are going to come at me and say, blah, 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 but we are definitely the hardest conference. And so it's, just, yeah, it needs to be expanded. Yeah. I mean, that's just hashtag facts only. I mean, that just is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, that is the smart 16. Thank you for indulging us with that Taylor. And thank you for, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah. Thank you for spending time with us. We certainly appreciate I feel it. Like it. Yeah. Well, you are, uh, you're welcome to hang anytime and we will be 
rooting for you from afar. So thanks so much for hanging with us. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes our interview with Taylor. Boss, what were your thoughts on Taylor's interview? First off, Grady puts out some great people. I mean, everyone we've talked to that has graduated from from Grady has just been super impressive to talk to. But what I took away most from it was everyone we've talked to is – First and foremost, really either an, an alum of Georgia, a fan of Georgia, really ingrained in Georgia. But Georgia wasn't her first choice. She wanted to go to BC. And her description of what it's like up there, you know this firsthand going to law school up, up in Boston, what the atmosphere is like up there, and just how it's just so night and day from the South and the North when it comes to, to college football. And for people who don't know about that, I mean, we know about that because we live and breathe it, but for people who don't know what that's like for someone who experienced it both ways was and for her to be able to articulate that was, is awesome to hear. I loved her story and really just really impressed with the fact that she was done as an accountant was getting ready to go into the accounting world. And basically was like, hell no, I don't want to do this. I can't see myself as an accountant. Basically, grabbed her, you know, future by the horns and look where she is. She's been able to, you know, rise up the ranks really fast. And she's now a studio host at NFL Network. I mean, that takes a lot of courage to be able to just basically be done with school, getting ready. She's basically sitting in a job fair, for lack of a better term, and, you know, talking to these big firms in the Atlanta area and sitting there thinking, no, I don't want to be an accountant. I want to do something else. And that just takes an immense amount of courage. Her story's great, extremely passionate about football in general, not just um, college, really passionate about the NFL, obviously with her family dynamic, but she was a great interview. Loved, loved hearing her story. Yeah, I thought she had some some super compelling things about her story. You know, to your point, the fact that she was done with school. I mean, she could have graduated and gone out into the business world and started her career and had the guts to say, I don't want to do that. I just don't think my heart will be happy doing that. And I, I want to live in my passion and, and do something that that's going to bring me joy. I, I respect that so much. And I feel like, too, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but don't you feel like we've heard that a lot? Like that's been one of the threads in the folks we've talked to is that they've all found what they love and have just said, you know what, I'm just going to attack it. I'm going to see where the, where the cards fall, but I'm going to go after this. So I know that if it doesn't work out, at least I gave it my shot. And for all of them, it's worked out. Like I just, I love that. I thought that was a a beautiful part about her story. You know, I also loved just kind of hearing her Genesis, right? Like she, she wanted to go to BC and had spent time in the New England area and just loved it up there. And uh, so that was cool kind of hearing about that. And I can certainly speak to what she's talking about with like the football scene at BC and stuff. It's, it, it ain't the South, that's for sure. And to your point about Grady, I think that's a phenomenal point. I have been beyond impressed with the folks that we have talked to that have come out of Grady. I mean, boy. I know Syracuse gets a ton of love about what they do on the broadcasting side and the folks that come out of their broadcasting school. But let me tell you something, man. Grady is just pumping out some awesome people, like whether it be Olivia or Jim or Taylor or Drew or, I mean, just so many, so many impressive people coming out of that program um, and really just representing it so, so well. So, so yeah, I thought that was, that was really, really cool. And just the other thing is, how great is it, you know, from 
just a role model perspective that she's doing so well uh, at such a young age with NFL Network. So loved her story, loved loved how kind she was with with her time and and with telling us stories. Also, I we we can't not talk about her story that she told about the end of her internship with WSA Nine and in DC, right? Like how awesome was that? I was like, what a, what a crazy story. I just thought that was so cool. Like doing a story on the app and, and then had to go on air. Yeah. And then had to go on air. I just thought that was cool. So yeah. Yeah. Really enjoy talking with Taylor. Um, make sure you guys support her and follow her in every way you can, whether it be watching all the shows that she's involved with, with an FL network or whether it be following her on Twitter and Instagram. Again, we said at the front, but at Taylor Bashotti. So B I S C I O T T I at Taylor Bashotti on Twitter and Instagram. We will certainly be rooting for her. Taylor is a damn good dog and we wish her nothing but success in the future. So thank you so much, Taylor. And, and with that, go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.